Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another session of Building Blocks. This week we are talking about body composition testing, body fat testing, it's all the same thing. Trying to clear up some of the um, questions we get about it, some of the confusion, um, and then talk about really, you know, is it necessary, when is it necessary, and then what should you do with the results. So, oops, getting into this, let me just go ahead. You've um, familiar faces by now, I'm sure, but just in case we have some new people on here. I'm Susie Glassman. I just kind of moderate these sessions. I'm also one of the main coaches you'll see in the reviews and, and sometimes in the Facebook group. And anyways, uh, super happy to be here and, and help you learn about some of the topics that we don't get a chance to really go in depth on um, as we're doing reviews. So, um, Amber, your turn. Hey guys, Amber here. I have been a coach with ETP for the last year and own a CrossFit gym, have three kids. So back to school is in full effect and complete and utter chaos every single day. So we're just making it to Friday, it seems like each week. But I am psyched to be here and talk about a topic that we get tons of questions about and help clear up some of those questions and misinformation. Susie? Cool, and Dr. Brad? Is it inappropriate if I quote Marshawn Lynch and just say I'm here so I don't get fined? Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You to actually talk. Uh, so uh, I'm Brad. I am one of the head people at Each Perform. Um, I've labeled myself the chief scientific officer because nobody can tell me I can't. So that's been awesome. Um, I'm actually in a hotel room in Chicago right now. I'm here to give a talk tomorrow at a, a fitness conference. And this topic actually came up when we were all at summer camp. Um, and people were asking a bunch of questions in their journals about body comp testing. So I was like, we should just do a building blocks. Um, so we have a link to a resource where we can really just kind of go into depth, um, talk about them and use it as a resource. I think when, during my, my graduate program, I probably did a thousand body composition tests over the span of about two and a half years. So, uh, wow. we've done a lot. Yeah. Well, pretty cool. So next we're going to go into the portion. We'd like to talk a little bit about what's new with you. I'm going to try to keep this short just because um, I know everybody's here more for the main topic than this part, but I do think it's important. We have a prize, participation prize. It's like uh, what they give in Little League sports now. <laughs> you show up, you get a prize. So... Um, yeah, fill out the quote. So there's a little raised hand. You can use that to type in your question. Then I'm going to have Amber kind of read off some accomplishments this week. Um, I always try to, I should try to really think about this in, in beforehand, but um, for some reason I, I always end up thinking of one of my accomplishments on the fly. But I will say my daughter had her seventh birthday on Wednesday, and that went off really awesome. So um, I guess that's my accomplishment, organizing a spa party for six, seven-year-old girls. Um, super fun, super girly. And uh, at the end, they all got glitter in their hair and face paint. So so that was super fun. Um, it's a deload week for me at the gym, so I can't really talk about PRs or anything like that. But um, Amber, what about you? Um, I have 
been working out in the evenings. I'm normally a morning person. Working out in the evenings is not my favorite, but I've been trying to get a little more sleep. Uh, so uh, I've been trying it in the evenings to see if maybe I can make that work and power everything down and bring it to neutral and go to bed instead of being amped up and um, how that works with my meal schedule. So I don't really have an accomplishment. I've got kind of some testing I'm doing this week to see if I can get a little more sleep and work out in the evenings instead of doing it at 5 a.m. So I'll have to let you know how it goes. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Brad? Let's see. We got a paper published last week. That was awesome. Um, we have another one that should be accepted by early next week. So that's exciting. Um, we all survived summer camp. That's an achievement. <laughs> yes. That was that was a big achievement. And yeah, I think that's probably it in terms of achievements. Uh, yeah. I'll be home on Sunday and I can finally get some sleep. So that will be that will be my achievement for next week. Yes. So I have to tell you guys, it's funny because I got home and I was telling my friends about summer camp. I mean, I had one of my friends look at me and she's like, summer camp, really? <laughs> <laughs> And so if you guys are thinking the same thing, the reason why it came up as summer camp is I think a couple years ago, somebody, whether it was a client or one of us was like, wouldn't it be fun if we had like an adult summer camp because you send your kids to camp. But once you once you become an adult, you never go to camp anymore. So that's how it became summer camp. Um, all right, Amber, turning it over to you. We've got a couple couple coming in here. Awesome. So. Melissa says that she ordered some clothes online and turns out they're too big. So fun surprise. How great. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, Triska is, let's see, weight stable, which is a huge mind uh, set change for her, which is awesome. She's embracing where she's at now and looking at the long, long game. That's super important. Um, let's see, Sabrina is consistent in planning her meals a day in advance, keeping her focused on hitting greens. That's awesome. Way to plan in advance. It turns out to be kind of a dumpster fire when you're hungry and you're standing in the kitchen and you're like, I need like 50 grams of protein and you don't know what to eat. I mean, that's, that's just not good. So way to plan in advance. It's pretty awesome. Deb purchased a training vault. Woo! Ah, oh, you're gonna love it. Love it, love it, love it. And Sarah, ooh, is recovering from this, is recovered from the summer flu. Oh, that's big. Gosh, okay, so with kids back in school, I swear everybody's gonna come home with like the snotty noses and oh, it's all gonna start. I know it. I'm not looking forward to that. Ugh. Um, so we've got just a couple more, Susie. Sure. Um, Alice PR'd her clean. Nice job, buddy. That's fantastic. Um, let's see. Marilyn's been working on sleep for the last little bit. Super important. Me too. That's why I'm working out at night, trying to get a few extra Z's in there. And let's see. Haley's been getting some seven hours of sleep this week. Um, that's been her focus. And let's see. Oh, I love this. So Marie Eve said, came back from a three-week vacation. Okay, first of all, who has a three-week vacation? Like, <laughs> right. 
to find out how you do that because I need to get on that train. A three-week vacation and then jumped right back on her plan. Awesome job. That's pretty cool. Susie, there's a ton more, but we could be here all day reading this, all these amazing things. I mean, this is fantastic. Uh, yeah. But I know everybody wants to talk about our topic, so I'm going to hand it back to you. All right, cool. Well, let's just dig right in. Oops, I always do that. So, Amber, let's let's talk about what these tests are measuring. All right, so body fat tests. It's not a true measurement. It's a prediction. So a fantastic analogy that I heard um, that I think we can all relate to is the weatherman. So we turn on the TV, and the weatherman gives us a prediction of what the weather is going to be like tomorrow, which... Um, sometimes they're right on and sometimes they're way off and sometimes they're kind of close. So that's like a body fat test. So it's not uh, one to, you know, gosh, I guess put all your all your money on, bet all your chips on. It's one of those that gives you a prediction. So if we can kind of keep that perspective, that'll help us moving forward talking about body fat tests. Lean muscle mass, your fat-free mass. So one of the things you're going to see when you see the results of your body fat test is you're going to have fat, fat mass, and fat-free mass. Your fat-free mass, your lean muscle, your lean muscle mass is going to include organs, muscles, bone, and body water. A lot of people don't realize that those are included in that. And then you have your fat mass, your actual fat on your body. Yes. That's included in that category. Brad, uh, any comments on, on what they're measuring? Yeah, so one of the things I always like to tell everybody when you get a body fat test is nothing's measuring you directly, right? So all it is is it's it's using like a bunch of math to try to guess where you're at. Um, and one of the things to remember is, and we'll probably talk about specifics later, but it's all like, it's all a guess and there's all what we'll call confidence intervals. So let's say, you get a DEXA, which is, you know, one of the best, and it's got, you know, a roughly 3% error rate. So you basically have a 9% chance that whatever you, whatever your body fat number was is within 3% of where it actually is. So, like, if I went in and I had 20%, um, I have about a 95% chance my real body fat percentage is somewhere between 17 and 23, right? So that's really how to think about that. So it's one of those things where if somebody comes in and they have, you know, 21% and then, you know, 12 weeks later it comes in at 20% and they're like, well, I wish I would have lost more. It's like, well, you're, you could be at 18%, but it's just not sensitive enough to know what's actually there. Um, and the really big part of the lean muscle mass one is the body water, right? You, it's really affected by your hydration status and the types of foods you've eaten in the last 24 hours. So that's really, really important for people to know. Exactly. And I think Paul talked about this in one of his posts. So the only way you're going to get an exact uh, body fat measurement is through an autopsy. So keep that in mind. Where We don't want to go that far in order to measure our true body fat percentage. So like Amber was saying, it's a prediction. Like the weatherman, we're using all these tools and equations and math and what we know about um, body density and and all those sorts of things and coming up with a number. So um, yeah, so let's talk about briefly. I'm just mention the type of steps Amber tests Amber and then we'll go into um, a little bit more about each one. Fantastic. So the most common ones that we're going to talk about is going to be skin calipers, bioelectrical impedance, 
hydrostatic wing, bod pod, and DEXA. So we're going to touch on each one of those and talk about them specifically, since those are the ones that um, everybody's familiar with. Susie? Yeah, and I have the picture of the, the FIT scan, the scale. That's bioelectrical impedance. So if you have one of those scales that's giving you a measurement on a daily basis that's what the it's also BIA I think is how you abbreviate that um, so let's go on the type of test and then we'll we'll get uh, Dr. Brad to comment on these it started with the hydrostatic a lot of people think that this is the the gold standard um, and then uh, there's some reasons people think that I, I don't know that it necessarily is um, but let's talk about I'll briefly blah briefly read through these and then I'll let Brad comment on, on his thoughts on this one. So um, first of all, it's uncomfortable. So as you can see from the picture, um, you know, you have to kind of get in a swimsuit, get in a tank of water, and then they ask you to blow out all of your air, uh, which is not, and then go underwater. So <laughs> I've done this, it's freaky. And then a lot of it depends on how much air you can blow out. So they're gonna ask you to do this several times. Um, uh, the, from what I can find out, the individual error rate can be as high as anywhere from 5 to 6%, maybe higher. And then what they're doing is measuring the density of your fat-free mass, which um, I'll have uh, uh, Brad talk a little bit about what that density means in this scenario. But um, it can vary by your race, by your ethnicity, um, hydration status that Brad was talking about. And then um, when you're looking at results over time, just a change in weight can affect the density of your fat-free mass. So um, the changes over time aren't super reliable with this test. And then, you know, when you're looking at group averages, uh, hydrostatic weighing um, is actually fairly good on a, on a large group size, but when you get it down to the individual level, um, certainly has some flaws. Um, but it is more accurate than the calipers, um, the bioelectrical impedance, and the bod pod. So, Brad, what are your thoughts on this particular test? Yeah, so hydrostatic weighing used to be kind of the gold standard. Um, that's what most research labs would have, and they would use it because it was it was a little more consistent than some of the other methods they had, um, and it was a little bit more objective. But this was, you know, this is probably 30 year old technology, um, and it is really difficult to do. You have to have a lot of specialized equipment. Um, and the error rates are, you know, they're not small. So five to six percent is actually pretty high. Um, and, you know, kind of like you said, this applies with all of them. But these are good tools for measuring large groups of people. So if you have a study of 300 people and you're looking at a difference between interventions, um, that that can be really helpful. But given the individual error rate within each person, it's really hard to use it over short periods of time um, to measure changes in body composition. And so when I kind of say short time periods, I'm not talking, you know, four to six weeks, but even like eight, 12, 16 weeks, a lot of times if you lose 6% body fat in 16 weeks, that's, that's pretty darn good, um, but it may not show up on your body comp test. Right, so, talk about, so what, when it's measuring the density of your fat-free mass, what does that mean? So basically all of it, all it's doing is it's taking a person, it's taking their body weight and then looking at how much water they're displacing. And so there's kind of a formula of, you know, at a given percent body fat, you should displace this much water at a given weight. So that's kind of the way it works, right? So it's, you know, if you put like a, a bar of gold in water 
it's going to displace a certain amount of water per its weight, right? And that'll tell you how much, how dense the bar of gold is. Or you can put in, you know, like, um, what's something a lot less dense? Like you could put something in that's like aluminum, the same size that's aluminum. It's a lot, it weighs a lot less, but it displaces the same type of water. So it's going to be a lot less dense. So you'll get different density readings based on those two things that are the same size. They're both metal. They just have different weight density properties. Yes. Okay, cool. And then part of this when saying weight can change the density. So when you lose weight, you're either losing your or a combination of, of muscle mass and fat or just fat or, you know, muscle. So those types of variations are very hard to measure too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's look at bod pod. This one's a little bit easier in the sense that you don't have to get in a swimsuit and get underwater, but it has a similar principle. So instead of measuring the displacement of water, you're measuring how much air you displace. Um, same sort of individual uh, error rate. Uh, one study found up to 15%. So wait, even if it's 6%, so if you come out at 30% body fat, that means you could be as low as 24 or as high as 36. So I mean, that's pretty significant, especially, again, if you're looking at changes. So uh, Brad can talk about this, but uh, facial hair, body temp, moisture, and tightness of your clothing um, can make a difference. And then fairly horrible at tracking changes over time. So Brad, I think you had a whole story on this one, right? Yeah. So we actually, at Idaho, we had a bod pod and it was like the room looked exactly like the picture you're showing here. It was in the corner. We had the little cart right there. Um, and these machines are very finicky, right? So they, they have to be calibrated every day. And it's like an hour and a half long calibration process. Um, and if you don't do that, it's not great. Um, the, there's two ways you can use the bod pod. One is where you assume they're what we call their thoracic gas volume. So how much air you have in your lungs and in kind of your, you know, just your whole thoracic cavity. Um, you can assume that based on just, you can just click a button in a thing and it makes an assumption of how much air you have. Or you have this little tube you blow out all your air into. Um, that's super finicky. Like we could, we got it to work on like two people over the span of like two years. It was so, so awful. Um, so it's, it's very sensitive, right? So even if you know what you're doing, there's still a lot of stuff that goes, goes into it. Um, and when we used to, before we would start studies, we would test it and see how it was doing. And so a couple times I would go in first thing in the morning before I had eaten, you know, like just have spandex on and go measure my, my body fat. Um, and then throughout the day I would keep measuring it. Like I would, I would shave and then I would go in there and then I would eat breakfast and then I would go in there and then I would put on shorts and I would go in there and you would see variations of, you know, you'd get, see things as low as 5% and as high as 18%, right? And there's no way that your body fat's going to change 13% in a day. But just depending on little things you do um, and how you set the machine up, you can have really, really big changes um, over time. And, and when I say over time in that context, it's within a given day. So there's, there's just a lot of variance. So if you are using a bod pod, you need to go in like same time of day, exact same clothes, same hairstyle. Um, I mean, if you're a woman, the same time of your cycle, kind of all the things have to be exactly identical um, if you want to have a good like interperson measurement. Yes, exactly. Amber, have anything? Have you ever had one of these done? 
I have. I've done hydrostatic weighing and I've done a bod pod. And one of the things with hydrostatic weighing is that that's not easily accessible. Like there's a university here in town and there's one place you can go to get it done and it's fairly expensive and you have to schedule it. And um, it was uh, not as not convenient by any means. Um, the bod pod I did, our, our gym actually had that scheduled. And it's one of those, um, you know, those, fly by the night kind of carnivals that you see yeah. like in mall parking lot. Yeah. So same concept. This guy pulls up in a trailer with a bod pod, like, you know, pulls it out, sets it up and everybody's got a scheduled time and you go in. So all the things that Brad's talking about as far as calibrating it and that don't know that any of that happened. Um, so would have seriously affected some results that we had in the gym. Yes. And I think you have to be careful with both bod pod and, and, what we called the dunk tank. Uh, my gym had it come. Actually, she was in a van, same sort of thing, pulled up, sat her truck outside all day. Um, and then they did, my gym did a challenge. And then six weeks later, had the dunk tank come back. And so yeah. when Brett's talking about even um, measuring changes over time, six weeks is really not enough time to even get outside the variance of these tests. So um, I just want you guys to know that when you do something like that or you participate in a gym challenge, um, you know, six weeks might really not be enough, enough time there. So you guys agree, Brad? C. C, yes. Okay, so let's get into this one because we see this one a lot in reviews. Um, lots of people have the fancy scales. I have one. It gives me my body fat percentage on a daily basis. And one of the things we hear is, well, um, shouldn't it, even if it's super wrong, shouldn't it still track changes? So um, shouldn't it still be going down um, even if, you know, if I'm gaining muscle? So we will talk about that. Um, but first of all, what it does is it's running a light electrical current through your body. So the idea being that um, your lean mass or your fat-free mass will have less resistance to that current. So the current will travel faster. Um, first of all, the um, BI won't really track subcutaneous fat. So that's the fat that's right underneath your skin. Um, again, highly dependent on how hydrated you are. And then it misses entire sections of your body. So these scales, the, the current will go up one leg, down the other leg, so it's not getting your trunk. Um, you know, your arms, it's not like the current goes everywhere through your body. <laughs> and then I was really up a leg, down a leg. Um, and then again, not good at measuring changes over time. So your density and hydration is gonna change with your, um, anytime your weight changes. And this error rate is, is actually really high. So up to eight to 9%. Um, this study was done on bodybuilders. You can see the difference in body fat percentage this is up as high as 8% and is, uh, and the deviation down here to minus 8%. So it's just showing, this bar just shows a really high deviance level um, when you're looking at bioelectrical impedance. Uh, Dr. Brad, your turn. So bioelectrical impedance, even like the most advanced ones that use like the in-body or whatever they are, which are like multi-point, um, I find them horribly, horribly awful, if that, if that works, right? That's a tautology, but I mean, the problem is, 
so bioelectrical impedance, they use this huge algorithm, right? It's got, it's, it's like the standard model of particle physics, right? There's like 14 different variables and you have all these inputs and they all change, right? So if you have, have you ever used like the Omram hand ones? Mm-hmm. So you have to put in like, are you, are you an athlete or a normal person? Are you a man or a woman? Um, are you, how tall are you? What's your age and what's your weight? Right. So if you do it and you just change one of those variables and do it again and then change another one and do it again, and do change another one and do it again, you'll get readings all over the place. Right. So I can put my all my stuff in um, and I can get, you know, let's say it's 20 percent and then I change my age by one year and I get 26 percent. And it's like. So if my birthday is tomorrow, do I really gain six percent body fat? Right. Like that's the house of cards. This bioelectrical impedance thing is built on. Um, and then you have the issues of if you're just using a scale, like where your feet are, it's really only going to measure mostly lower body, right? So women who have a different fat distribution than men, um, they're going to read differently than a man stepping on the same scale. If you use just your hands, it's also going to be different. Um, so it's, it's really sensitive to that. The other thing is these ones are super, super, super sensitive to hydration status. Um, so, you know, a lot of times when people will have their their scales, I'll say, you know, don't drink any water all day and step on the scale. And then as you continue to drink water, just step on that scale and look at it throughout the day. And it'll vary, you know, five to 10%. Um, and so when you're talking about working with people who, you know, a 2% total body fat loss, you know, over an eight week period is a incredible result for people. Um, but then they step on the scale and it's either up or it doesn't change. They get frustrated. Um, and it's like, well, you can't use that at all. It's it's completely unuseful. It's kind of like playing the lottery and, and hoping you you know win a thousand bucks on a scratch ticket. Yeah, I um true story on my scale. I got on it um and I don't know it was about twenty six percent and then I switched it over to athlete and it went to thirteen <laughs> percent. <laughs> Same person. You're like I'll take that one. Okay. <laughs> Like no difference from when I stepped on. It just depends. It's like all that mathematical equation. When I said I'm an athlete, all of a sudden I lost 13% body fat. So, um, so yeah, like that's just something to keep in mind. Um, but I know there's some confusion about it because we do see it in reviews. And so, what about the theory, Brad? That well, if it says I'm 26%, um, even if that's wrong, it sh- I should still see it go down. What do you say to that? Um, I would say no, right? So, like, let's just say, you know, you've you've kind of gone on a fat loss cycle, um, and you've kind of pulled out a lot of carbohydrates. It could read a lower lean mass, which could give you a higher fat mass, right? So it's like you could have lost five pounds, and it could tell you you have a higher body fat percentage because of the way electrical currents are handled. Um, so it's just it's you can't even use the number as, as a relative number, right? Because when it's, it's not like systematically, it doesn't have systematic error, it's just got random error. So you really have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you addressed that part too. Um, so then there's skin folds, calipers. You'll find, um, I work out at 24 Hour Fitness. It seems like every once a month, somebody's offering this. Um, what it's doing, it's measuring the thickness of your skin and numerous sites, and then again, plugged into an equation with your age. Um, highly sensitive to the skill of the technician. 
So if you can imagine, you know, one person can pull this much and another person can pull even more, um, it can be all over the place. Um, this one has super high error rates. And then um, again, changes over time, again, an error rate. So really it's measuring this, the fat that's right in your skin. If the thickness of your skin is decreasing, the theory is there's less fat there. Turn it over to you, Brad. Yeah, so this is one of those ones that's, I mean, very, very sensitive to the technician, right? If you've got somebody who has a ton of experience and can do it the exact same way every single time, um, it can actually be pretty reliable. So you can, I mean, this this can be better than some of the other ones um, if you have somebody who's really, really good. But if you have somebody who's really bad, like I'm not good at these, I mean, it would be like, you could be off by 100%, right? Like that's the level of, of how different it can be. The other difficult things with these is they're very, they're very uncomfortable to do, yeah. right? And it's really hard, kind of mentally, it can be really difficult to do these for a lot of people. So that's why I think we've seen a lot a lot less use of these in most, you know, most programs is one, these are highly invasive tests, right? They don't make you feel great about, even if you were like 3% body fat, people are like trying to find every little thing wrong with you and, and measure it. Um, and it's just, it's very subjective from most people who aren't well-trained. And now most programs just don't train people on how to use them. Right. Yeah, so I would say your average personal trainer a lifetime fitness probably doesn't know how to do this test very well. Um, yeah. but, but on the other hand, I was at um, the, I go to the university here in Denver um, whenever I have a DEXA scan and that technician is very skilled at skin folds and he prefers them over pretty much every other method except for DEXA. So, um, but that's someone who has spent years and years and years doing it. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And last but not least, we'll talk about DEXA. Um, stands for dual energy X-ray uh, something. <laughs> Absorptiometry. Say it again. Absorptiometry. Absorptiometry. It's, it's like uh, the blood pressure cuff, right? Sphingmomanometer, whatever it is. Nobody right. can pronounce it. So anyway, so the, what the, what makes DEXA a little differently is it it's measuring three components of your body. So the other tests are measuring two, basically um, your density of fat mass, lean mass, um, but this one can actually measure, um, pull out the bone mineral and the like the things we were saying that's also included in fat-free mass, and then um, look at like, so it's measuring fat and then bone mineral and then all other fat-free mass. So DEXA was originally used uh, for bone density scanning. Um, so for osteoporosis or osteopenia, um, your doctor would recommend a DEXA scan just to see, um, you know, how well your bones are doing. Um, so it can estimate the body co composition of individual body parts. So it can tell you your left leg, right leg, right arm, left arm, your trunk. Um, you know, so it can kind of give you various um, data on different body parts. Um, the caveats here, there's going to be differences between machines, even machines of the same manufacturer can be off so you're not going to want to get a DEXA scan at one place and then go get a DEXA scan at some place totally different on a different machine you're always going to want to use the same machine same technician um, and then you know updates in the software can cause changes and things like that so um, even with this using x-ray technology there still can be a five percent variation um, based on hydration 
And then the individual error rate here is, a, is less, um, but still, if you're looking at anywhere from like two to 4%, um, that can make a big difference. I've had this done and had my body fat at 19%, and then I've had it at 20%. That doesn't mean I gained 1% body fat. It's That was all well within um, the error range. So I'm sure you've done tons of these. Have you in your clinic? Um, so I haven't I haven't been the operator of a lot of DEXAs because you have to actually be, depending on the state, some you have to be like trained um, and have be like radioactive certified, right? Because <laughs> it, it, uses, it uses radio waves. Um, yeah. So DEXA is one of those ones where um, it's probably the most accurate of all of them um, consistently, but they're also very sensitive and can, can be really manipulated. Um, there was actually a study published last year where they basically took people and manipulated carbohydrates, you know, basically around DEXA scans and showed in a span of a week, like, like an eight pound muscle mass increase in a week on a DEXA scan because of how they had manipulated carbohydrates um, before and after DEXA scans. So these are also very sensitive to, to water status, to muscle hydration status. Um, so it's one of those things where also be very, you wanna have the exact same scenario each time you go in. Yes, um, I do these like once every six months, um, sometimes I'll go a year. But I always make sure I do not eat before, so I'm always fasted. I'm always like at the same time of the morning, and then luckily it's always been the same technician. So um, we're saying you've got to try to control all the same variables, because um, again, these are going to be sensitive to those changes. And again, even Dexa may be more accurate, but we talked about all the caveats, same caveats before. Um, it's you know not, it's not the uh, the you know, the exact truth, because there's still equations and, you know, all that stuff involved. So um, let's talk a little bit about other ways to measure, um, you know, not looking at one of these tests. Amber? Yeah. So we talk about this a lot in journals, that body fat isn't the end-all, be-all. Neither is body weight. There's a bunch of other ways you can um, look at progress and one of them is just how do you look in the mirror uh, taking before and after pictures uh, using your weight as one data point circumference measurements are great tools to are great data to look at as well and compare and how do your clothes fit um, you know how do those that pair of jeans and you know your favorite shirt how do those fit and are you noticing a difference with that I did somebody's review today and she put in there, my weight's staying the same, but I put on a pair of jeans I haven't been able to wear, you know, in months. So mm -hmm. there's a great um, way to measure progress and some body comp change without just looking at, you know, a singular data point kind of thing, but taking them um, all together and looking at it globally. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, I think that's really important, right? So if you, if you think about how we work with all the clients and all of their data, right, is we don't look at just your protein intake or just your carbohydrate intake or just your calorie intake or just your sleep or just your steps is we use all of those things to get a picture of what does your life look like, what are your habits, what are you doing, what's your activity level, all those sorts of things, right? So when you think about, you know, the changes to your body that you're looking for, it's not just scale weight. It's not just, you know, some body composition test measurement. It's 
not just how you look in the mirror. It's not just your project progress picture. So it's all these things that kind of help you triangulate into, okay, are you making progress in these areas that actually matter? And so I think the more that you can view, each thing is just a data point um, to a bigger picture. It, it's really helpful, right? Think about a, a puzzle, right? If you're trying to put together a puzzle and you have one piece that you can't figure out, well, you don't just stop working on the puzzle. You kind of set that piece aside. You go find another one that does fit where you're trying to get it to, to, to fit. And then you come back to that other piece when it's there. So I think, I think people just need to realize that there's more than one way to measure progress. Um, and you're always trying to look at how many ways you can assess are you making progress in all these different areas. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's kind of summarize and then take some questions. Amber. Sure. So results can have a huge psychological impact. So like we're talking about with the error rate, having a test done and then looking to see if, you know, and there's an increase because of the variance. And all of a sudden you're super depressed, ready to jump off that cliff because your body fat's gone up when it falls within the variance rate. So they can have a huge mental hit with looking at it unless you are absorbing all the information that we're presenting today. Um, you want to leave longer periods of time between tests. So stepping on that Fitbit scale that's selling you your body fats, you know, 20% today and 26 tomorrow, that's <laughs> not giving you some reliable data. But if you're going to do what would be ideal, like the DEXA scan, you don't want to do that once a month. You're looking to have it over or have a span of time between those tests. Um, I would encourage six months. But Brad, you may have a different thought on how often somebody would do those. I would say probably the longer the better, um, but do them like before and after big interventions, right? So if, if you're going through, like if you know, okay, over the next six months, I'm gonna have two fat loss cycles, um, I wouldn't do them after the first one and before the second one. I would do one before the first cycle and then after the second cycle. Right, so you kind of have the biggest time in between and the biggest intervention in between. Um, but then you also wouldn't want to wait, you know, 18 months because you won't have ever tracked the progress you did make in the interim. Gotcha. Yeah. If the tests don't make sense, consider all the other variables like we were talking about uh, that can impact results and take all of them with a grain of salt. Back to that weather prediction. I can stand outside, lick my finger and stick it in the air to figure out if the wind's gonna blow today. I can look at some data to figure it out. Um, take all of it with a grain of salt and don't you know, cast your paycheck on these body fat tests. But um, Brad, what do you have to wrap up? I would say if you have a body comp test that doesn't make sense to you, ask your coach for an interpretation before you kind of have a freak out. Um, you know, the other thing is if you're somebody who doesn't do well with bad information, like if you get bad news and you don't handle it well, I probably wouldn't go get a body composition test for a <laughs> while, right? Because you kind of set yourself up for a no-win scenario, right? Like if it comes out amazing, you're like, okay, cool, this is great. But if it comes out poor, you're like, oh my God, my whole life is over. Um, so I think that if you're somebody who can just view it objectively as just a data point, I think they can be good tools if you get them, you know, 
once every six months. Um, but if you don't feel like you need them, I wouldn't recommend everybody go get them. Um, you know, especially if you don't have a need for that type of information. Like I haven't had, so I haven't had a body comp test in four and a half years. Um, I just don't, I don't care if it goes up 3% or down 3%. Like that's not what my main focus is right now. So unless your main focus is like, you really just care about that body composition number for some crazy reason, um, then maybe go get it. The one place where they can be really helpful is if you're just kind of starting out um, and you you really want to know where you stand is they can be really helpful from looking at the lean mass number perspective, right? So if you're somebody who you know weighs 200 pounds and you want to eventually get to you know 140, you only have 60 pounds of lean mass. Well, that's a lot different than somebody who's got like 170 pounds of lean mass, right? Because they're just two very different scenarios. So trying to figure that out can be a really helpful tool. Yeah, I'll say that's a, the, exactly the reason why I've used it. Um, because I think if you're going to use it objectively to say, is my training working? Um, is like my goal, my goal is to gain lean body mass. So um, for instance, I started, my first sex said I had like 92 pounds of lean body mass. Um, the last one I had said I had 100 pounds of lean body mass. So in over the course of maybe two years for me or a year and a half to go 92 to 100 pounds of lean body mass is what I was going for. So what that tells me is that my training's working, my nutrition's working. Um, you know, maybe I I maybe I'll focus a little bit differently on hypertrophy or whatever. But if you use it in that kind of a context and not like these numbers define me, then I think it's better. Um, I was reading in one article, like a, a gentleman had lost 40 pounds, but the body fat percentage didn't change and he was devastated. Well, I mean, it doesn't negate that you lost 40 pounds. <laughs> like it was just a faulty test. So that's a little bit about what we need to, if the tests don't make sense, um, look at everything else. And I agree with Brad, talk to your coach, talk to one of us. Um, we can always help you interpret those. So I think we are ready. Um, you guys have questions. Um, go ahead and, and type those in. I see Natalie has one. Um, go ahead, Amber, I'll let you take those. Sure, Natalie asks, my job wants us to do body scans with their scale body scanner. Uh, I did one and it said I was 40% body fat. That could not be correct. Uh, I left frustrated and angry. Are there any at home body scanners that are more accurate? So it sounds like a bioelectrical impedance is what she had done. Um, and is asking, is there any home body scanners that are more accurate? Brad? Um, yeah, I mean, you can buy the really expensive, like you can, you can buy an in-body for several thousand dollars and have it in your house. And that's a lot better. Um, but I don't want you to go spend several thousand dollars. Um, if you feel like after that test, you really need like some sort of validation or something, um, you could go get, you could find a local DEXA scan. You could go find a local body, uh, bod pod and get one done. Um, but see, that's part of the issue with, you know, using these scale body fat percentages is, you know, you could really be 28% and get a 40% reading, right? Just because it's way off. Um, so I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't tell you try to go buy like the $200 Fitbit scale at home and, and hope it's a better version because it's probably not going to be a better version. Yeah, I agree. I would say, um, and maybe if you're in a rural area or maybe somewhere where you don't always look at universities, um, they tend to have these. Um, or even if Brad said it, if you go to InBody, which is not a great option, um, sometimes you can find like a GNC that has one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that there's anything that you can have at home that's really going to give you a better, a better reading. Amber. Yeah. Marie Eve says, I take body comp measurements with skin fold calipers and I've been doing so for years. I probably have taken over a hundred or over a thousand measurements with different clients. What's your take on that? Um, gosh, I can tell you, I've, I'm right there in that boat. I've done that a gazillion times. Um, what is your take on that? I'm not, not sure what she's asking. I think she's asking if we think that's a good idea or not. That you've taken a thousand measurements with different clients or doing um, that body fat testing. Yeah, she said about the accuracy. So if you're if you've been really well trained um, and you do it the exact same way every time, um, and your clients are okay with you using the skinfold method, um, I think it can be about as reliable as things like a bod pod or um, the hydrostatic wane if you're really, really good at doing it. So, um, you know, I think if, if that's a tool you have available and you're really good at it, you can definitely use it. Um, I would say don't do it on yourself because it's almost impossible to get a good reading on yourself. You have to have somebody else do it on yourself. But just like anything else, I mean, it's going to take practice. But just because I've been doing, you know, snatches a certain way doesn't mean that I'm efficient and proficient at that movement or that skill. So it takes practice um, to do that, one. And two, like you said, there's uh, an error rate, but you've got to make sure that you are um, pretty good at it, I guess to say. Um, she also asked about biosignature. So basically, that's kind of um, that's kind of like if you notice you have fat distributed different places, it tells you about your hormones um, and how you should do things. And that really has has not been supported by the scientific literature. Um, that was kind of an idea that was put out, and it was an interesting idea. I don't think it's really come to to fruition to be super accurate. Um, all right, see, Alice, thanks for the answer. Um, Reeve says that's not, that was my training skin fold and have been using that for years. Okay. Me too. That's what, that's what they had when I went to school. It's like way back when. Oh. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm serious. Way back when. Like, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, I think Natalie's also saying she just wants her um, wellness department to buy something better. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Unless you show them the studies, maybe they don't care. It's kind of like um, the military still uses uh, BMI. Um, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. Um, 
but you can always, there's a, um, a really good article called the pitfalls of body composition testing, and maybe you can just send that to them. <laughs> so, but otherwise, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they can buy something better. I don't know. Um, she's Marie says my training was in biosig modulation for calipers and Brad. Yes. Uh, she says I have worked in hormone replacement and compare biosig results with Dutch test and blood samples and the correlation is great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the, the full body of the scientific literature really supports that idea. Um, but if you find it works in your practice and that's the method you want to go with, then yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, guys, I don't see any more questions. Uh, last, last chance to get them in there. I'll give you just a minute. So what are you presenting on tomorrow, Brad? Anything anyone's um, I'm presenting on a scientific approach to understanding weight loss. Oh, cool. And just so you guys know, Brad only has two more work, two more weeks at his other job, and then he's he's 100% uh, ours. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I oh wait, Natalie's got something. Mm -hmm. I would love to share said article. Okay, I will post it um, in when we post the recording of this. So I'll post it there in the Facebook group. So Amber, I'm gonna let you talk about the prize and then we will all get going. All right, so uh, we just had summer camp and Lori brought a shiatsu, here we go, I got it, a shiatsu massager. This was the hot ticket at summer camp. In fact, uh, Brad was ready to sneak it in his bag and take it home. So. This amazing little tool has, you know, those little rotating balls and it just massages you, feels so good. That's what we're giving away today to one lucky person. So drum roll, please. Good job. Goes to, let's see if I can say this without butchering it. Deidre, dear. Deirdre? Deirdre? <laughs> I think it's Deirdre. Deirdre? Durand. Durand. You are the lucky winner of this amazing massager. You are going to absolutely love it. Super proud of you for keeping greens and sleep, getting to the gym, and making time for yourself all while starting a new job. Holy smokes, not letting that de derail you, but instead grabbing the bull by the horns, planning, being proactive, and chasing your goals. Super proud of you. Good job. All right, uh, that's it. Amber, I guess we'll follow up with you, Deirdre, and enjoy it. Post a picture. Brad will be super jealous when you get it. Mm -hmm. I'm, a little, I'm a little offended I didn't win this one. Right? <laughs> You're not eligible. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy your weekend. We'll post a recording soon. Feel free to share it, um, and we will see you soon. Bye. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye.